Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the fifth day of February. I'm your host, Paul White. Thanks for joining me on Mark chapter 2. Yesterday, we dealt with the 18th through the 20th verses where Jesus is questioned about fasting. I want to say one more thing in the transition into Jesus' allegory because he, it feels like he switches gears in 21 with the whole shrunken cloth on an old garment and then old wineskins, new wineskins argument. Those are related to the fasting argument, and I'll show you how. But before we get there, at the end of 20, Jesus says the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. The present celebration, Jesus is presenting himself as part of a present celebration that is a sort of a wedding between the bride and the bridegroom. And that once the bridegroom is gone, or, or these are his groom's men, once the bridegroom is out of the room, they will fast. And there's every indication that that's exactly what they do between the cross and the resurrection. If you'll recall, when the disciples, two disciples are on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus appears to them, but they don't know who he is. Their eyes are blinded from seeing him. He, he opens the scriptures and shows them the things concerning himself. Well, in those in that moment, they don't know what they're seeing, so they stop to eat and as he breaks bread, they get it. There's a connection between the breaking of bread and the revelation of Jesus. The indication there is that perhaps they had fasted since the death of Christ. Perhaps even you could one could imagine they've fasted since the last time he broke bread in their presence, which was what we con- consider the Last Supper. He broke bread. He goes on trial. The next day is chaos. They put him on the cross. There's this darkness between Calvary and the resurrection that all of the disciples and those who love Jesus are experiencing. And the, in- the inference is that they fast Uh, whether by choice or by necessity, out of grief, between there and the resurrection of Christ. And when Christ starts to reveal himself to them, every time he reveals himself to them, they eat. Either breaking bread with them or he's making fish over the fire with the disciples. And so there's, there's this intentional image that keeps being presented by the gospel writers that Jesus eats with them. And that's in stark contrast to this second chapter of Mark where he says, I'm with them. They don't need to fast. The day comes when they will fast because I'm not with them. Then the allegory. Let's read 21, 22. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. I'm going to go ahead and add the second because Jesus adds a second allegory that is similar in con in uh, it's it's similar in its scope. It's different in its content. He moves away from the um, the garment illustration into the winery illustration in twenty two. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts. The wineskins, the wine is spilled. The wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new. Wine skins. These images, new cloth, new wineskin, emphasize a new situation. A new situation brought about by the coming of the kingdom, brought about by the arrival of the king within his kingdom, 
And it's seeking to show through these symbols of foolishness, because this is it would be foolish to the audience to put unshrunk cloth on an old garment or to put new wine into old wineskins. These are symbols of foolishness. And Jesus is saying, you don't do something unwise in your situation, like the garment and the wineskin. It would be unwise to fast, inappropriate to fast, in this new situation. The king is here. Why would you fast? So Jesus is stating that you guys are only fasting because you are longing for that which you don't think you have. My disciples don't need to fast because they have no need to look for something they already have. I've already arrived. New situation. Don't approach new situations with old solutions. So Jesus positions fasting as a solution of the old way. As long as you perceive a distance, then you might fast thinking you could remove impediments to the distance. And that to me is in a nutshell the usage of these two allegories. They also have a certain amount of usefulness in our day-to-day walk, for instance, verse 22, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. That's a carrier. So you don't take that which you want and put it, that which is new, that which is relevant, that which is fresh, that which represents your future. You don't house it for purposes of transport in something that's old, in something that's broken down, in something that won't work any longer. So be sure that What you carry is carried in a manner conducive to what you carry. If it's valuable, then then treat it as if it's valuable. Carry it as if it matters, whatever it is. Because if you don't, he says, well, you're going to burst the wineskin. The wine's going to be spilled. The wineskin itself is going to be ruined. A new wine must be put into a new wineskin. That which you have that is fresh must be carried by that which is fresh. One of the faults as far as I'm concerned, of what's happening in our churches as a people, I'm not pointing out, I say our, is that we too often are carrying fresh revelation through old wineskins. We we think that there's a certain way that church must be done, and that if it isn't done that way, it isn't done correctly. And we have atrophied our ability to flow in the Holy Spirit a lot of times because we demand it to be done a certain way. And we, in like the non-denominational world, are no better. We see the high church or this organized denominations and the way they run service, and we go, boy, they don't have any room for the Holy Spirit. And yet, we keep doing the same things over and over and over again a lot of times with no idea why we do them except that's the way you do them. And then when something fresh and new comes along, sometimes there's no room for it because we're trying to carry it through an old paradigm and it needs to be reconsidered. So people say, what do you think church should look like? Say, I don't know, but I think it should look different for each group of people because the Holy Spirit is unique to the atmosphere, unique to the culture, unique to the people. 
and shapes them and forms them. This isn't a franchise. Churches aren't franchises. They're organisms. And we've, for far too long, I think, tried to franchise that idea. Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath will be the subject for tomorrow's podcast. We'll see you then. God bless.